Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye. Uh, we have a number of people we've been talking with today, but one of the busiest people in Washington, D.C. is uh, Dr. Ife Williams, who is uh, the national chair of the National Congress of Black Women. She's also the CEO. She also hosts a radio program. She's a syndicated columnist. And if you live in the Seattle area, you see her in the media, Seattle Medium newspaper. Uh, she's in there probably as much as anybody else, always with some informative information for folks in our community. So, Dr. Williams, as always, welcome back once again. And uh, you got some big activities getting ready to happen. Normally, we would be in Washington, D.C. right now. And uh, you hosted and your organization hosted a brunch uh, the Sunday after uh, the African-American, uh, the, the actual dinner. And then I always look forward to attending your event because I know last year I was at a table with uh, uh, descendants of uh, uh, a soldier and a truth, Tubman. Harriet Tubman. Yeah. And uh, also uh, a, a lot of members of Congress were honored and also spoke. So why don't you go ahead and take it away and share with our listeners what, you, what you're doing. Well, I just want to say that you will be here in spirit. I know I think ever, all those 15 years that I've been national president of the National Congress of Black Women, I've looked up and I've seen you walk in that door. I, I wasn't ready and satisfied Always late. with the guests until you got there. That's all right. I knew you were going to be there, though. Uh, our event is scheduled this year, uh, despite the fact that we can't be together in person. We're having a virtual event on Sunday, September 20th, when we would normally have had uh, the brunch. But it's, a, it's an award ceremony this year, and we're so excited about it because we've got such wonderful uh, honorees. We have Stacey Abrams. Every time I mention her, everybody cheers. You know, they say, oh, why couldn't this be in person? We wanted to meet her. Um, we have um, Her Excellency Ambassador Arakana Chambre Kuo. Uh, we have uh, the Attorney General of New York, uh, Ms. Letitia James. We have the Mayor of New Orleans, which is my home state, Ms. Latoya uh, Cantrell. Uh, we have Dr. Patrice Harris, who just went out as President of the American Medical Association. I believe she was probably the first African-American to be president of that organization. You know, whenever it says national, that means black organizations. Whenever it says American, right. you know, they claim that one. So she was president of the American Medical Association. Uh, we have um, Ma uh, Maya Wiley that you see on television a lot on MSNBC. And uh, we have uh, actually a good brother from Detroit, uh, Dr. Pastor Solomon Kenlock. And we have, we're honoring a teacher, a principal, actually, from Detroit this year. This woman, during this virus, drove around and did a health check on every single one of her students. And so we thought she needed to be, um, you know, applauded because teachers are going through so much, just trying to keep up with their students, making sure they get what they need. So we are honoring her, too. And hey, we're just so excited. Amen to that honoring. Amen to I'm sorry? And, and, of course, we have great musicians. I don't know if uh, any of your listeners are old enough to remember Joe Simon, you know, Drowning in the Sea of Love, Choking Kind, etc. He's going to do a song for us, but he's going to do a spiritual uh, for us. He's now a bishop, and he does only spiritual work, but his voice is just as wonderful as it was when he was singing other things. Uh, we're also having the Batiste family from New Orleans, Louisiana. They're doing a special tribute to their mayor as she's getting her honor. 
And uh, we have the uh, Beale Street Blues, the B.B. King Beale Street Blues Group. They'll be doing some songs for us. And, I mean, we're just going to have an exciting time, even though we can't be together in person. We're going to bring it to everybody uh, uh, virtually. And people can get online and see it. Even uh, your you know, friends who are up there in Seattle and all around in the area, all they have to do is go to our website at National Congress BW for Black Women dot org. National Congress BW dot org. Get all the information, and we welcome all of you. And thank you for mentioning um, the, the Seattle Medium. I love writing, and I love having the Seattle Medium publish my uh, articles. I do hear from people; they sometimes call. Uh, to say that they read a certain article. So I'm very pleased, and I hope all of your listeners uh, do read the Seattle Medium. Uh, Chris Bennett over there does a great job. Sometimes on weekends, before I can get the article out there, he's already put it in the paper, so I thank him for that. He also puts you online, too. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so so you're online as well as in the paper. So uh, Mm -hmm. when he calls you early in the morning, that means he's ready to put you online. Okay. Well, you know, I haven't been up there to Seattle for quite a long time, and there was a time when I was invited over there often. I, I spoke for a lot of different organizations, and I know you took me around town and showed me all over King County and all the various uh, monuments that I needed to see up there. So I'm very pleased about that. And just tell my friends in Seattle, I'm lonely. As soon as this virus is over, I need to go back to Seattle and see them in person. We'll have to make that happen, Dr. Ife Williams. I know that a lot of the folks who were involved with the chapter up here uh, have became elderly and are no longer active. But mm-hmm. I think uh, if people really get a chance to see what you're doing across the country and in D.C. and the advocacy that your organization provides, not only for just for black women, but black women are taking, I said the sisters are taking the lead uh, in the polit- politics and everything else these days. I yeah, and we especially recently. are looking for young women to start chapters. We've had several in New York recently who started chapters there, and uh, we're just looking forward to that energy that many of the young people are exercising. And we need them with what's going on up here in Washington in this White House and, and in these administrative agencies. We need young people to be questioning some of these things. We need them to continue the protests and keep them up until change actually is made in this country. You know, there are people who think, well, they've made their point. No, 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 no. we've made our point many times through the ages, but as soon as we stop protesting, then the change stops. But we are beginning to see some uh, change that's being made now. Well, uh i tell you one thing, I'm glad you're back there, and I'm glad your organization is keeping the people's feet to the fire. And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, people are talking about reparations, and I had put forth uh, an idea to Congressman Cleaver and Congressman Bobby Scott and a few others. But if we had a designation, a federal designation, for African descendants of the United States enslaved in every federal agency, and we would have to reinvent the wheel because we have blacks in government agencies everywhere. And if we don't have enough in regional offices, we can get some from D.C. But mm-hmm. I was looking at, uh, at at a federal designation while we talk about reparations. And then mm-hmm. people say, how are you going to fund it? Well, the money is already in. We're going to be in the same agencies anyway, except we'll make, be making our own decisions that will best suit our community. We'll set our own priorities. And we can take 10% of the military budget, the armed services budget, which is $740 billion, we could take $74 billion of that and get started, not to mention that we still would be included in, in 
every every other uh, aspect where our tax dollars are creating opportunities. So I just wanted to run. You know, I am on the reparations commission with uh, Ron Daniels, and we're working on all kinds of ideas there. And we think that we're getting close to having some kind of reparations. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee is leading that charge for us since Congressman. Uh, John Conyers has passed away, who led it for many uh, years. But that's years. Something, we're not giving up on it. We're not giving up. We are going to make it happen. we just got to keep on pushing. And, of course, anybody who has ideas, they should give them to our commission, and we'll certainly be putting them out there. There are some local cities that are beginning to pay uh, some reparations, so it's just a matter of time before uh, we get it all the way up to the top. Uh, and, and once we get this one out of the White House, I think we can have some serious conversations on what we're going to do. Uh, people are beginning to admit that, you know, there, there, there is such a thing as uh, systemic racism and other things, and they're willing to help to try to get it over with. I was looking at, for instance, um, the former mayor of um, New York, who is uh, giving, what, $100 million to African-American medical schools. That's reparations. We've needed yes. that for a long time. So even though it's being given by an individual, uh, it, it is reparations, and we need a lot more of that. There are cities, as I said, that are beginning to see that and to do something about it. And we also have to have a mandate because we're still left out of opportunities with public agencies, education, contracts, opportunities. Washington State, we have not had affirmative action since 1998, and mm -hmm. uh, black-owned businesses, especially African descendants of the United States enslaved, and slaves, are for all blacks. But for African businesses owned by African descendants, uh, you know, 40% of our businesses went out of business well before the pandemic. And uh, we're receiving like one-tenth of 1%. We're not getting a half a percent from any federal agency in Washington State. And yet we have these young black men making millions of dollars for the University of Washington playing football. But they won't and, allow and the University of Washington State to spend any money. it's even more important for us to... Um to get the, that business that you're talking about now, because so many of the businesses that we were able to uh, build up, you know, with, with very few dollars, very little help from the government or from anyone else, and now many of them are having to close or have already had to close their doors. So it's like That's we're right. starting at the bottom again. So we definitely... Yeah, 40 percent, 40%, 40%. And then the sad thing is for the White House and Republicans to be holding up people's subsistence money to keep yes. food on their tables, to pay their rent, you know, it's, it's just really sad what's happening. But uh, I think this Bob Woodard uh, tape and the book, I think that just took uh, the cover completely off of 45 because he knew all along how treacherous and how deadly this pandemic, this COVID-19 was. And uh, to keep the stock market up, uh, he's going to withhold that information. He should be. I don't he was impeached by the House, but he needs to resign. Absolutely, but you know the only thing about his resigning is he probably that would mean that uh, that Pence would be the president and could just easily then pardon him for all of his sins. We don't want him pardoned. He needs to pay for his sins. So let's just do the work on election day, November third, or if you're doing early voting, uh, do it before that time. Exactly, and I've, I've been encouraging people as soon as you get your ballot in Washington State, we have mail-in voting. Never had any significant problems, contrary to what. Uh, 45 is saying, but uh, uh, it, we get ballots probably uh, the first week or the second week, in, in, uh, maybe the first week in October, and mm -hmm. we need to turn them in as soon as we get them. And that's Absolutely. what we're encouraging everybody, everybody to do. The same thing happens here in Washington, D.C. We don't even have to order them. We don't have to apply for them. Uh, first week of October, everybody will receive a ballot. 
So it's a question now of urging people to get those ballots back in before they lose them or before they forget them. But if that does happen, just know that you always can go in early uh, voting where states have early voting, or you just have to, you know, bite the bullet and go on in there the day of the election. But everybody, and when, when, when we say this election, you know, it's like more important than anyone in our lifetime. We really need Well, Dr. Ife Williams, I sure do thank you for all your contributions and look forward to probably some of will see you on Zoom Sunday. So thank I you very thank much you for your time thank today. You, thank you for your wonderful daughter, too, and all the wonderful things she does. Okay, thank you very much, Doctor. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Okay, our next guest is uh, Congressman Emanuel Cleaver. Uh, represents the 5th District of uh, Kansas, uh, Missouri, which includes Kansas City, including the Super Bowl Champions Football Stadium. And uh, Dr. Ife Millions just mentioned Angela Rye and Congressman Emanuel Cleaver was responsible for hiring Angela Rye as executive director of the Congressional Black Caucus uh, in 2011 when he took over as the chair. So Congressman Cleaver, welcome back to Urban Forum Northwest. And a lot of things that happened in Washington, D.C., and I just want you to take your time and lend your perspective to 45. All right. Well, it's, it's good to, to uh, have a chance to speak to the, the, the people in Washington, uh, particularly right now since you guys are on the opposite end of the, of the uh, country, uh, and there is uh, a, a great deal going on in Washington. In fact, uh, the Democratic Caucus just finished uh, its meeting uh, online, we uh, uh, got together with, uh, of course, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, presiding uh, uh, African-American from uh, New York, who is the chair of the Democratic Caucus, and uh, the person I believe in uh, a few years, maybe uh, three years, will become the first African-American uh, Speaker of the House. Uh, and, uh, and I remember you, you heard me say that I... I said it preaching in his church up in uh, in, in uh, Brooklyn uh, two years ago, and uh, I said everywhere. But uh, right now, here's where we are. Uh, we, uh, on the 15th of May, approved a $3 trillion package uh, for uh, relief to the American public uh, due to the uh, pandemic. Now, the, the $3 trillion package, uh, we uh, included just about everything that we believe people needed. Now, in politics, uh, you, you know right off when you have a divided government, I say divided, I mean, you know, uh, Republicans control the Senate, we, we control the House, the Republicans hold the White House. So we have a divided government. So you know that you're going to probably uh, have to compromise and the total amount you would you will not be able to get. However, there are some things that we simply cannot and will not fold on. And uh, one of them is the $600 a month in uh, in, in unemployment benefits, uh, mainly uh, we call it expanded benefits. So this means that uh, whatever people are receiving uh, in the way of Washington state unemployment, the federal government would put $600 on top of that for uh, each person uh, who uh, is unemployed. That would be $600 a week until the first of the year, although now 
because uh, people have gone now a, a whole month without uh, any kind of uh, unemployment in, income from the federal government, uh, that uh, we probably will need to take it into February uh, if we get it passed reasonably soon. Um, now, the Republicans want to give $300 because they believe, and they have voiced this openly, so I'm not uh, capable of telling people what somebody else believes, uh, but I, in this case I can because this is what they said, uh, that the uh, $600 is so much money that it causes people not to want to work. And uh, that if they're making $600, some of them are making more money than they were making before uh, they received the stimulus uh, supplement. And when they say that, that in and of itself is an indictment against the public. That in and of itself says uh, uh, that um, the $7.25 minimum wage is nothing. And so, of course, if somebody gets, somebody gets $600, a week, which is which is difficult to survive on uh, in the United States of America, uh, it means that they're going to, uh, uh, you know, have a, a little bit more money to enjoy until they have to go back to the, the seven dollars twenty five cents uh, uh, an hour job. So we're not going to fold on that. We're not going to fold on the twelve hundred dollars that each American uh, should receive because people are already behind. Uh, people are already uh, struggling to keep their homes. And uh, uh, the homes of, of Americans is the uh, single most um, uh, property, uh, or wealth, I should say, that, that African-Americans have, is their, their home. And we, we fell down because most uh, many African Americans lost their homes during the Great Depression uh, back in uh, 2008. Uh, we're also having in this legislation money to try to help help the, um, uh, the the PPP small businesses uh, with with loans that are also going to going to be forgivable, uh, as well as money for municipalities and counties, all of whom all of which are struggling. Seattle is a city with a lot of uh, big tech companies, uh, but uh, when you have a lot of restaurants closing and a lot of other facilities closing, your sales tax revenues are going to be way, way, way down. And uh, I argued this morning that for those people who are uh, Republicans who are lying, saying that we want to ch shut down the police departments all over the country so that we can have uh, uh, crime uh, running rampant, I said to them that if you don't give money to the counties and the cities, you are defunding the police. If the federal government does not pass this legislation, they are defunding the police because municipalities are not going to have the money to last much longer uh, as it relates to, uh, you know, paying out, out all of the hundreds of millions of dollars in mm -hmm. big cities like Seattle or Kansas City. So, well, Congressman, yeah, so you're saying the law and order president is defunding the police by withholding the federal money. That's absolutely right. And, and, and when I said that this morning, people cheered because they didn't, I mean, they realized for the first time that, uh, that they are defunding the police. You don't put, if you don't help the county, if you don't help the city of Seattle, if you don't help, uh, you know, the states that are also in trouble, you are defunding 
the highway patrol. You're defunding the police. You're defunding the fire department because these cities are going to have to start laying off uh, off people. They're, they're going to start having, having to lay off people. And the whole West Coast is on fire. The whole West Coast is on fire. Yes, that's right. Orange. Yeah, uh, and and uh, yeah, that's that's. I hadn't even uh, uh, thought of, of, of the added cost of what is going on on the on the West Coast with uh, people trying to fight the fire off, and we don't know even yet, and, and may not know for a while the damage that's being done to human lungs. Yes. Uh, and at the same time, the president is in is in court right now, right now, trying to kill the affordable. Uh, the, the Affordable Health Care Act, in the middle of a pandemic with 190,000 Americans dead and many, many more in hospitals. Um, you know, a uh, uh, guy used to sing with the Temptations just died two days ago. Um, and uh, that's just one of the, the better known people. Yeah. But the, Congressman, could you just take a couple of minutes and talk about, you remember the Homeland Security Committee, and there was something in the media recently about the numbers being fixed. Could you take a couple of minutes that we have left yes. and just talk about that as you, as a member of the House Homeland Security Committee? Absolutely. Now, I'll, I'll have to uh, uh, leave certain pieces of this off uh, because it, uh, uh, they are um, cut. Some of the things we don't want you. We we know they're look, looking for you to make a mistake. Don't do that. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, now, give me give me a parameter how you want me to talk about this. Um, no, I'd heard that uh, uh, Ken Cuccinelli and uh, uh, the Homeland Security yes. staff were fixing the numbers and stuff, yes. downplaying white supremacy and things like that, based on the request yes. of President uh, Donald J. Trump. Okay, it's always better for me to, uh, you know, respond uh, because uh, that that way I'm not going into anything that's uh, classified. So we have uh, we have a whistleblower who has come forth and uh, who is swearing under oath uh, that uh, he and others, which we hope will come forth as well, were told to water down their intelligence. You know, they get intelligence and then they put a, 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 a they put a, 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 a kind of a, a folder together with that intelligence uh, almost on a weekly basis, and they send it over to the White House, they send it over to a number of the other uh, uh, agencies and to the House and Senate Intel Committees and Homeland Security. And what what they were told, what, what, what is being alleged, is that they were told, uh, including uh, uh, coming from Mr. Cuccinelli, that the, that the intelligence that they sent out should match what they hear the president saying publicly, and that they they wanted more reporting on Antifa, the so-called left-wing um, gang uh, organization, which I had never heard of three months ago. I, I you know I said on Fox I don't know uh, Antifa from from Aunt Edna, uh, who who I grew up with in Texas, but they want they want as much information as they can, about Antifa, uh, and they wanted to exceed any information that they give about white supremacy, uh, white supremacist groups uh, in the country, and 
uh, we were told, I can tell you this, I believe on openly, that, uh, that white supreme, supremacist groups are growing by leaps and bounds. It, it, it is. They're one of the fastest growing uh, groups in the country that the FBI is required to, to monitor. So these are, are some, uh, some, some uh, difficult times. And, and to just think that Homeland Security created it's the largest federal, federal department, uh, and it was created uh, for the whole pr- purpose um, uh, for, uh, of, uh, you know, disrupting the government, disrupting the country. And, and uh, they don't want, the president does not want, according to the whistleblower, uh, any information coming forth about white supremacy groups. Uh, we're going to end up having them come before our committee. And if you testify before Congress, I'll remind some of the, your listeners in case they end up doing it. It's just like testifying before the, the uh, giving, uh, being interviewed by the FBI. If you perjure yourself, if you say something that is not true, uh, you can go to jail uh, if you testify and say it before Congress. So uh, we're going to have that information. Uh, Benny Thompson is a no-nonsense, tough-as-nails man from uh, Bolton, Mississippi, and he is uh, somebody that everybody ought to be proud to have as a, as a chair because uh, uh, he, he will not back up. He will not back down. And Well, he, he was a member of SNCC, so we know how, where he is. But, Congressman, oh, yeah. we're out of time today. But uh, uh, I'm going to be watching your team, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs, uh, this afternoon. Uh, you be safe, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you for your time today and your insight to what's going on. You can hear about it on MSNBC and CNN, CBS, and other news sources. Now they know exactly one of the key players is you on that Homeland Security Committee. And you're right, Congressman Benny Thompson is tough as nails. So thank you, sir. We appreciate you. All right. Good to talk to you. Bye. Okay. So, uh, Eric, uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our next guest after this. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? 
List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Eddie Wright back at Urban Forum Northwest. We're uh, attempting to hook up with Congress uh, Representative Gwen Moore out of Milwaukee. Uh, so uh, in the meantime, uh, Eric, while we wait for that call, let me let folks know that uh, Urban Forum Northwest is uh, brought to you by Sound Transit's Small Business Development Labor Compliance Office, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Office, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, Concourse Concessions and SeaTac Bar Group, both out of SeaTac. Uh, Africa Lounge, owned by SeaTac Bar Group LLC, is now featuring Congolese food on their menu. Stephanie Ogle from Solstice Media does our technology. And uh, so do we have uh, Mr. Kwasim on the line? Do we have Congresswoman Gwen Moore on the line? Okay, we're working, we're working on that right now. So that was a very interesting conversation with... Uh, Congressman Cleaver, uh, one of the most important things you can do is, uh, as uh, Congressman Cleaver said, is uh, vote and uh, make sure that you get your ballot in early. Uh, Washington State, we're fortunate to have mail-in voting. And as you know, uh, there are a lot of tricks being played to discount your vote. And please don't participate in this an opportunity a lot of people died for it. I want to also uh, thank the folks who were involved with the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee's uh, 57th anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington. We had quite a few people who were involved. It was all virtual. Everything is virtual, as you know. But uh, we had some people that were recognized, like Diane Narasaki, the retired ED of the Asian Council Referral Service. Uh, we had Louis Rudd, uh, the owner and the uh, Founder, co-founder of Ezel's Famous Chicken, received an award. Sarah Sense Wilson with the Urban Native Alliance, who's been battling for equity for Native American students at the Seattle School District, was recognized as well with the, the Jerry, Ware, Jerry Ware Educational Advocacy Award. <clears throat> and then we have uh, Mr. Chandler Williams, who performed, as well as uh, Monet and Chardonnay Beaver, the two sisters, uh, and daughters of Dennis Beaver, granddaughters of Liz Beaver, owner of the Seattle Facts newspaper. Dennis is at the Tacoma Facts newspaper. <clears throat> so, Eric, why don't we go ahead and see if we can put some Chandler, mu uh, Chandler Williams music on, if we have any, and try to get him on the line right now. It's a, a difficult situation to be in remote, but we have to do things remotely so we can stay safe. Me being an older brother, I definitely don't say, try to stay safe. And, uh, yeah, we're working on that. Why don't we take a, a quick break, Eddie, and we'll come back. Why don't we just right take a break and pass, we'll pass sure. the break up later. Okay. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. 
Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. Okay, uh, some music to lead into the next guest, who is a music man himself. I'm talking about none other than the Chandler Williams, who is a musician, a composer, a singer, and has been a dedicated uh, individual in terms of the Seattle uh, Martin Luther King County uh, Commemoration Committee. Chandler's, I performed about, Three of the last five, I must say, and uh, well, last last uh, August twenty eighth commemorating the fifty seventh anniversary of the nineteen sixty three March on Washington. It was virtual, and Chandler did the Sam Cooke song that uh, 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 Mr. Amani from uh, uh, the tech the studio put it used it uh, to do highlight the entire activity. So Chandler, uh, give us a little bit about your background before we talk about your music. I know you graduated from uh, James A. Garfield and was probably spent a lot of time in the Quincy Jones Auditorium. Yes, sir. First of all, thank you so much for that great introduction. Um, As you know, graduated from the legendary Seattle High School, Garfield High School. Um, Spent a lot of time in the Quincy Jones Recording Arts program uh producing and writing and that's what my main focus is now as a student online at the berkeley college of music and my major is audio production where i focus on all of the processes to creating the record getting them ready on an industry standard level sounding professional and sounding ready to go well you know it's interesting because my nephew benjamin jamal brock graduated he went to garfield was in the music program went to Berkeley school of music and i went back for his graduation back in boston and okay uh, so he's, he's now in new york so well, i guess we got quite a few folks uh uh, uh carter yasataki is back there and quite a few other folks from the seattle area back in the new york but that's where everything happens <clears throat> so yes, uh, in terms of uh, i wanted to also thank you for your participation on august 28th <clears throat> and that that uh I think that whole program is on, I have to check with Stephanie to make sure that, I think the program is on the MLKCC website. Okay. But Channel, why don't you just share with our listeners, now you've been playing uh, gigs in places where only adults could show up. How, how'd you work that out? <laughs> when you were uh, in high school, you were playing yeah. restaurants and stuff, and I guess as long as yes. you didn't have a drink, it was all right. 
Yeah, most definitely. I believe my first headlining show as a solo artist was at the age of 17 at the Crocodile in Belltown, and that was following the release of my first um, album, and I'm actually in the works. It's been two years in the making, but I'm in the works of my second one, which will hopefully come out before the end of this year. Um, and I hope that after this COVID uh, pandemic is no longer that I can continue to do more uh, performances on bigger and bigger platforms in different locations as well. And uh, you, uh, you also are, you have have a studio, and and you uh, what is the name? What is the title of your first album? Let's go. Let's start there. Yes, the title of my first album is From the Soul. From the Soul, which is on all streaming platforms, and my artist name is my first name, which is Chandler. Okay, and uh, a couple of cuts off of there. Uh, one of my favorites would be All Right, um, which would be one that I wrote, produced, and engineered in its entirety. So that is those type of records I'm definitely the most proud of to be a part of um, 110% of the record, so to speak, just to be involved in um, creating every aspect, every creative aspect of it. And uh, now you said you're actually attending Berkeley School of Music online? Yes, sir. That's right. I guess they wouldn't have pretty many. Most of the colleges that opened up with students on campus ended up having been uh, uh, spreader dis- uh, uh, diseases because people end up going to parties and a lot of the campuses yeah. have closed down their fraternity and sorority houses. So we're just <laughs> hoping that uh, for the best. Okay, well, uh, Chandler, man, I want to thank you for all the stuff that you've been doing. Thank and you. Uh, when you get ready to break out with that new album, let us know. And then I want you to also send Eric some of your music. We'll I get hook up. We'll hook up after this conversation, uh, and then yeah, uh, after, after this program today, because I want to make sure the next time you come on, we play some of your music first. So thank you, sir. Absolutely. We appreciate you, Chandler Williams. All right, likewise. I appreciate it, sir. Okay. Okay. Our next guest is uh, uh, Lyle Quasim, chair of the Tacoma Pierce County Black Collective. Uh, former uh, secretary under two governors of the Department of Social Health Services, was also a mental health director uh, for the state of Washington. And uh, he is chairs organization in the black community, meets at the, at the Tacoma Colored Women's Club for the last over 50 years. Lyle, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest once again. And let us know what's going on at the, at the, the collective. Uh, good to be with you again, uh, uh, Eddie Rye. Uh, the collective is uh, in the midst of doing a lot of restructuring uh, because of uh, the uh, phase two restrictions uh, that we're in, uh, resulting from the. Uh, we're, we're trying, ladies and gentlemen. We have Lyle Quasim on the line. He seems to be having a, a little problem with his equipment. He must have dropped his phone under the seat. Uh, anyway, as long as we're waiting for Lyle to get his phone back uh, together. Uh, Urban Forum Northwest also airs every Saturday morning from 7 to 8. Uh, also, uh, if you go to urbanforumnw.com, you will find uh, programs archived there for the last year and some other relevant information. And we appreciate Stephanie Ogle Soul Sis Media for keeping us in line there. Okay, so we're have, having a bundle of uh, difficulties today. We also were supposed to have uh, Gwen Moore on, Representative Gwen Moore from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin on, but we know how it is, you know, she's not that far from Kenosha, and no telling what might be happening uh, with her, but 
she has the distinction of being the first African-American elected to the U.S. Congress from the state of Wisconsin. And, uh, okay, allow, allow you back there, huh? Yes, yes. I'm not okay, sure what okay. happened, but it did. Okay. Okay, well, maybe Donald J. Trump interfered with your <laughs> communication mechanism. But anyway, I want you to go ahead and share with our listeners a little bit about, I, I led out with all the accomplishments that you have, and you're on about 12 different boards, and you uh, deliver money to various organizations in Tacoma that are helping the black community and other people in need. So uh, you do an outstanding job doing that. And you sued the state and kicked their butt. And I'm really proud of that one. That was years ago. But that was one of the few victories black folks had in them days. So everybody remember that. But anyway, That's right. So why don't you go ahead and talk, talk about, talk to my, our listeners about the collective. And I want everybody to know that the Tacoma Pierce County Black Collective is a model organization for every black community to adopt. As a matter of fact, every community needs to adopt that collective pro pro uh, uh, approach. But go right ahead, Mr. Kwasim. So, so I, I, I would like your listeners to know this key element about the Black Collective. Uh, we are uh, in uh, difficult conditions, as all of our brothers and sisters are uh, around this country. And some folks, you know, don't uh, uh, appreciate it as much. They've gotten a good education. They've gotten a good job. They live in a nice community, but you are still uh, a black in this in, in, in this society. And if you step out on the street, uh, people don't know that you have a Ph.D. They don't know that you have a nice house. They don't know that you've um, uh, had a good education. So what the collective tries to do is to try to bring everybody in the black community together under one big tent. And we have um, uh, 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 eco-terrorists on one end. Uh, we have uh, homophobic uh, people on the other end, uh, but we try to bring all those folks together under the common agenda of the Black Collective, and it is a flat organization. We have people with MDs sitting next to people with GEDs and with people uh, with PhDs uh, working with electricians and technicians, and so it's really an eclectic organization, and it is uh, uh, what I consider to be a premier example of civic engagement uh, from the uh, black uh, community. Uh, we uh, understand that problem identification is, is critical, but it's not very difficult. We know what most of the problems are, health care, transportation, uh, uh, equal opportunity uh, in employment. The question for us centers around what do we see the solutions to those problems being and what can we work on within the bandwidth that we have in order to resolve those issues? And so that gives the uh, uh, Black Collective a lot of oxygen uh, and ability to uh, uh, get its work done. Uh, there are not a lot of uh, people with their heads hung or dour, uh, owing it awful uh, situations. We know it's awful. Um, and, you know, you don't have to come to the Black Collective on Saturday morning to know it's awful. You want to come to the Black Collective to find what kind of solutions can we uh, 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 arrive uh, at as a collective body and what are we willing to do to, to commit to this. And we are all volunteer organizations for 51 years. We have no paid staff. We don't accept money from anybody directly. We direct money to other organizations um, uh, so we, if we can't support ourselves, then we shouldn't be in business. And so we are self-sustaining, uh, self-motivated, uh, uh, un, 
conditionally black, uh, and uh, uh, we are we know that for us the best in our organization is yet to come. So, Lyle, why don't you share with our listeners who some of the members of the collective? Like you have a, a legacy. You've had uh, three black mayors come through the black collective. You've had judges. Matter of fact, you've had four black mayors. I forgot Kent Kill, who's a Republican from University right. Place, an African American Republican who's a member of the black collective. And who was on the Sound Transit Board, he advocated for us as well. One of our Fletcher County Republicans. But why don't you just share with our listeners, like some of the people who have come through there? And, uh, you know, we've had, like I said, three mayors, council members. So why don't you do that right quick? Yes. Uh, uh, we had the, the first uh, black mayor, Tacoma, Harold Moss. Uh, we had uh, Marilyn Strickland uh, in Tacoma on the city council before she became mayor and then came up to uh, Seattle. Uh, to uh, uh, be the uh, chief of the uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we have Victoria Woodard, uh, who is the current mayor. We had Kent Keel, who was a mayor out in a University Place. Uh, we have uh, Judge uh, Carl Williams, Judge Frank Cusperson. Uh, we have about um, uh, four judges now that are currently sitting. Um, three of those four judges came by way of of, of the, the, the Black Collective. Uh, we have a, a community college um, uh, administrators. We had a community college president. Uh, it, it, is a, it, is, it is a place where uh, if you are distinguished by the work that you've done, you will find fellowship with other people who are distinguished by the work that you've done. But they also are distinguished by the recognition that uh, folks who may not have had some of the opportunities and some of the breaks uh, that uh, they have had, that they are uh, locked arms as brothers and sisters in struggle uh, to try to move this proposition forward. Eddie talked about the, the, the opportunities I've had. I would not be in the position to have been a state hospital director, state mental health, uh, uh, director, secretary of DSHS, the, the deputy county executive, a community college president, without the oxygen from the black collective. Those folks have been the place where I have gone to heal, where I've gone to strategize, where I've gone to get uh, my my act together uh, when <laughs> when my act <laughs> needed to be uh, 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 fine-tuned from time to time. And, and so it's a, it's, it's, it's a wonderful organization. It's for black people only. Um, anybody can come to the Black Collective. You have to um, uh, register to get in, identify who you are. Uh, and it is uh, for black folks. We have uh, white people who come and make presentation. But you will be with your black family uh, uh, if you uh, come and join any one of our Saturday morning sessions at the Tacoma Pierce County Black Collective. Just look at blackcollective.org and um, you will find the route to register. And uh, uh, we, the, the, the meeting begins at 8.30 uh, with greetings, and uh, we officially start our business at 8.45, and we 95% of the time finish on time at 10 o'clock, and uh, we show up uh, the next Saturday, same time, same station, uh, with an aggressive agenda. Now, the... Uh one of the members, the former mayor of uh, Tacoma, she was served, uh, Marilyn Strickland served for eight years, correct? That's correct. And uh, she is also a candidate now for uh, Congress, the 10th Congressional District, as a Democrat. So I just want, just curious to know, 
uh, we know there's a that, that Pierce County out once you get outside Tacoma and uh, Lake Lakewood, uh, there's a, a whole bunch of Republicans, and hopefully what's happening with 45 now about withholding this information from the coronavirus, uh, maybe some of the people who got that and got sick because he didn't share that with them <clears throat> might have a change of heart about uh, going with the Republican. What is your assessment of the race at this at this time? Uh, uh, Eddie, I live in the 10th district, and uh, so she would be my congressperson if she were elected. And uh, she is polling extremely well right now. Things are going well. Uh, we are working hard. Uh, but, you know, this is a very difficult district. Uh, it uh, is um, a, a, a district that would be uh, difficult for a, uh, a person of color. Uh, to be successful in, but right now most of the um, uh, wind is, uh, is is at our backs. Uh, we have a tough opposition. Uh, we're still trying to raise money for her campaign. Anybody wants to uh, donate to Marilyn Strickland, you can do it online. Um, uh, but we we feel that she is a superior candidate for several reasons. Uh, she understands how to govern. She's been mayor for eight years in the city of Tacoma. She understands the needs of, 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 of our community, the 10th district. Um, she comes from a very uh, uh, interesting background. Uh, uh, her father was black, her mother is Korean. Uh, she comes from a, a, a tremendously stable family uh, who's always had a, a focus on equity and, 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 and diversity. And so uh, she brings the talents of a legislator. She brings the, uh, the, the clear judgment of a person who uh, come up through the ranks in this system and come up through difficult straits in, in her community. And uh, uh, she is clearly the uh, best person for uh, this position. Uh, and uh, uh, I would, I'm just going to be over the moon if she gets to be uh, my congressional uh, representative. And she would be the first African American, even though she's half Korean. But she'd be the first African American and half first Korean to uh, be, have a congressional seat in Washington State history. Correct? And that that would be that would be a uh, a monumental uh, achievement. She would be both of those things. Um, okay. Uh, yes. Okay. The other thing now, I want to let everybody know, all the listeners know that there will be a candidates forum. I will have uh, Miss uh, Beth Dolio. Who uh, mm -hmm. is uh, uh, a uh, the opponent of Marilyn Strickland? I have them both on, and uh, I know that uh, uh, Beth Dolio has been a supporter of affirmative action, unlike mm -hmm. a black Democrat that ran for that, that seat out there. So uh, she has some respect in our community. So the opportunity will be provided for uh, all the candidates, and uh, but they will be addressing affirmative action, reparations. Uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, because uh, on this program is Afrocentric, so uh, a lot of people don't want to deal with the issues that affect our community. But if you don't want to deal with them, then you know uh, you can't uh, share your any other ideology on this community because we do control this program. Right, so, Lyle, right. uh, now you said that anyone, and I've been inviting people like uh, the president of uh, the City Light, City Light Black Employees Association. Uh, Lawrence Bigham, I want to give him a shout out because those guys are doing some good work down there. He, Lady A is in the middle of it. Uh, but 
I, I would such I would recommend uh, all of the the uh, NAACP leaders. I would recommend for uh, the Blacks in Government chairs and members to log on and just check it out uh, how how the Tacoma Pierce County Black Collective conducts their business. Eight thirty on, uh, and I usually get there at nine. I have a hard time getting up, but uh, eight thirty. That starts at eight thirty, and uh, like I said. Uh, they don't accept money from anybody, but during the actual meetings, you, everybody had to chip in to pay the bills. So uh, the other person, too, that I <clears throat> forgot to mention is that uh, Reverend Dr. Gregory Christopher, president of Tacoma NAACP and senior pastor at Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church is there. Uh, Elder Tony Montgomery, I know he's the past president of the uh, Tacoma Ministerial Alliance. He's there. That's right. That's right. And so I want to let folks know uh, we got the Buffalo. So, I mean, we got a representative for everybody. Corbett Mosley it does an outstanding job. Him and uh, 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 Christina. Christina Blocker, who is a. Christina Blocker, uh, whose so, husband is uh, Keith Blocker, who's, on, with who's on the city council. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I wanted people to hear this loud. It's very important that folks get in their mind this can be done. And there's right. a model right down the street from where you live. And I know, I can't remember Joseph's last name out of Federal Way, but they're emulating in Federal Way right now. Right. And the other thing I want my listeners to understand is that where we have a population, we have representation. Ed Prince on the Renton City Council. He's also on the Sound Transit Board. We have Deborah Intiman uh, in the Kent area. We have Melanie Morgan in Lakewood. And we might have Twina Nobles who is leading an incumbent Republican for uh, the Senate in the 28th district, I do believe. That's 28th district. And, and uh, Twine is also the uh, president and CEO of the Tacoma Urban League and is a integral member of the Tacoma Pierce County Black Collective. And like my oh, I got to hear my friends, Harold Moss, Mayor Moss, Thomas Dixon, Hope Tom Hilliard's all right. And uh, yes. uh, Mabel Edmonds and departed and went, but I wanted to give all of them a shout out. So, Lyle, we out of time today, brother, but I certainly appreciate uh, the information and giving people an idea of what can be done. Now, how can yes. they log in to uh, get information on uh, uh, applying to be on the Zoom call for the uh, Black Collective meeting on Saturday morning at 8.30? Uh, they can go to blackcollective.org uh, and there's directions to register. You can also go to the Black Collective Facebook page and you will find directions to uh, register. Um, okay, man, we're out of time. Okay. So All thanks right. very much, Rob. I'll, I'll look at you on the, the Zoom on uh, Saturday morning. Easy. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay, Eric, thanks a lot.